3: Welcome to the DFO
2: Rundown podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash.
1: Welcome to episode 177 of the DFO Rundown. Jason Greger along with uh, Frank Saravali and, uh, and a special friend uh, behind you in some skates. Frank, what's your else name? James. We talked about
3: this uh you know, I, my wife was dying laughing when I played her the clip from the show. Cause she's never listened to the rundown before I got to convert her into an actual listener, but, uh, she was laughing real hard about our conversation about how people overdo it with the elf on the shelf.
1: Oh, hundred percent.
3: anyway this episode 177 is presented by athletic brewing i'm embarking on a journey this january with athletic brewing and i want you to join me dry january is going to be a breeze with athletics lineup of craft non-alcoholic beers they've got a range of ipas golden cervezas and a rotation of seasonals i tried this run wild ipa last night it is delicious so stock up for dry jan and join me using using my promo code Frank 20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until January 31st and give dry a try. Athletic brewing company fit for all face-offs fit for all times.
1: I like it. Now here's the one thing. Like I'd like to know why I'm so dark right now. My background, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, like it's crystal clear, but I just seem darker than you this or you're is, just super is, like, or taping do you, has, like a new, you have like a new spotlight at your house or something what the hell's going on no i've just got a perfectly
3: professionally lit studio here not amateur hour like what you have going on and uh this is this is dfo rundown after dark we usually tape on monday and friday mornings it's approaching midnight eastern time here on thursday december 8th and a little Saravali after dark
1: oh geez how
3: many how many uh rum and cokes you had uh none i just told you i'm prepping for dry jan i gotta get the liver in order i i had a little Uh, i know know it's dry jan wait wait wait, wait. i had a little life insurance exam this week and i got the (laughs) results of my lab work back and i was told that my one liver reading was a little bit higher than normal so perhaps i need to work on that cholesterol everything's good weight not so good but uh looking pretty good on the uh everything else except for the
1: liver side well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Frank, uh, many years ago I went to my doctor and, uh, we did like an annual physical testing and, you know, they do all this blood work and on a Monday and I get a phone call of them on the, the two days. La- Sorry. I did it on a Tuesday and he called me a few days later. It's like, Hey, you got to come back in. You got some abnormal results. I'm just like, What So I come back in and we're talking and he's like, like your numbers don't make sense. Like you've never had anything. And he's like, you know, this is just really high. He goes like, did you drink on the, on the Tuesday? Like, did you drink Monday night? I'm like, no, I said, but I did go on a two day bender on the Friday and Saturday. And he's like, well, that explains it. Did you know, like the alcohol will stay in your system that many days longer? He gave me this whole rundown and I was just like, oh my God. I actually did. And you know who I learned that from? Yaramir Yager
3: he was telling me when I first started, He's like, if you, he's like, the reason I don't drink is that you can't and play because he, his belief was that alcohol remained in your system for five full days and impacted you. So it wasn't like, Hey, if you had, you know, a night off before a game, like that was no good. You really needed like four days between games in order to really push the envelope and, and get some beers. In. And honestly, I believe that's, probably why the nhl is not nearly as fun now as it used to be because so many so many of these guys are super conscious of what goes into their body that they really are spot pickers now they're no longer they're no longer bag chuckers they're spot
1: pickers yeah well hey that uh that makes sense for sure but i i couldn't believe it that that many days after and because then i did all the tests everything was fine and I'm just like, whew, shows quite the difference in the old uh, liver and everything else like that. So uh, I to wish I could people. tell some Yammer Yager stories because uh, whew,
3: I've got a few, that guy was a sage and, a, and an absolute legend. One of my favorite people that I, I wish he was here in Philly when I covered the team for longer than a year, because I learned more from Yarmur Yager in one season
1: than I learned in the previous five before that. Really? Yeah. Well, Hey, the guy, he was a, he was a savant a little bit at knowing the game. He loves it and he's got to retire soon. So I go in the hall of fame. Uh, It's crazy that he's approaching his 50th birthday in February.
3: And um, a lot of people were saying, Hey, you're, or i'm sorry he is 50 i think and yeah, he's a 72 he's already 50 he was saying i i i remember i wrote it right when he came back how long do you want to play i'm playing till i was 50 everyone laughed at him at the time like yeah okay buddy sure thing you're 38 or 39 no chance and he's not playing anymore and i think a lot of people are wondering if this is really the end
1: well, he's had a pretty good career. I think uh, a pretty good career, to say the least. Now, uh, an interesting week, Frank, you were uh, you were right. Um, and I don't know, I can't remember which player you said, but uh, Robertson and Marner head-to-head, and uh, Robertson... Does not uh, extend his streak. He is out. Um, I would like to say that. Just want to let you know. I got pretty good odds on both those guys. By the way. Oh yeah, they they both didn't end though. So no, uh, but they were both. I think.
3: What did I text you, Tyler? Robertson was plus two seventy, and Marner was plus two forty. I think.
0: I know. I think our friends at Points bet Canada were doing a joint bet where you would you could parlay them for, for plus eight hundred. But obviously that wouldn't have hit because Marner did get on the board. Right. Hmm. Wow. Plus 800.
1: Not bad. I wonder what the numbers would have been for Tage Thompson. Five goals. F- How about this second fastest four goals to start a game in NHL history? And you got to go back over a hundred years to Joe freaking Malone. Like what a period by Tage Thompson and Joe Malone. And what about the one timer? You see, just see the one timer, Frank. That he had his his first one timer goal, and you see on the TNT broadcast right behind the net, hundred miles an hour. I love. It. I was just saying, like, oh my god, this guy is shooting absolute rockets right now. Do you know that? it pains me to say this
3: speaking of a little sarah after dark as Tage thompson was going on as bender all i could think about was you sitting at home just absolutely loving it
1: oh absolutely it was like it was like gregor porn on ice oh buddy he is fun to watch man and you know what you got to give granado some credit because Tage thompson's really took off now when they moved him back to center, right? Like he didn't play center the first few years, he moved him to center and he has killed it last year. And now this year, and he is just, I will, I'll be honest. I watch more Buffalo games. Like I used to always find ways to watch Ovechkin and I still do. Right. Like there's certain guys in the league that I want to watch. And right now, Tage Thompson's one of those top five guys that I'm like, if there's a game on, you know, like I got, I, I got the NHL network package so I can see every game. And there's about like Eric Carlson at the start of the year. I was like, I'm going to watch Carlson for a period. You know, Nathan McKinnon's always been that guy. Cause he could have one of those freakish rushes, uh, you know, Ovi always, and now Tate Thompson's right up there for me, right? Like last year was Matthews, every game he was scoring, it seems. So he was a guy you want to watch. And right now Tate Thompson's on that list for me.
3: I could not have gotten him more wrong. I just want to let everyone know, like I, I was saying and railed against that contract this past summer. And part of it was because of the data that we had previously on the guys that were making the bets on these players namely Sam Ventura and the analytics staff that went from Pittsburgh to Buffalo, because they tried signing guys to long-term deals before they really earned it. And the penguins were still paying the price. Marcus Pedersen is a guy they cannot get rid of with his contract. They also signed uh, John Marino who they basically traded for what looks now kind of like nothing who's been ridiculously good for the devils. And so maybe that's on the penguins, but I was thinking Tage Thompson, like it just seemed so premature. That season last year was so such a statistical outlier, like go out and do it again before we pay you. I I'd much rather pay later and, and pay more and be sure Then be stuck with seven years and $50 million on my cap at a time when your team is finally at some point going to be coming out of the ditch.
1: Yeah. Well, he's entering, he'll be the the Marshawn McKinnon dry saddle contract for the next few years that everybody, you know, is talking about all the time. And I know Nathan McKinnon got sick of that. He goes, You don't really want to be the best value contract, but I'll say this. I honestly, for one single year, Tage Thompson this season. It's going to be hard for anybody. Although I guess McDavid had a hundred points in his entry level deal. So entry your, levels can't count. This is, yeah, not, so this is not an entry, an entry, level, entry deal. level deal. This could go down as the greatest value contract. Cause it's the last year of his deal at 1.4 million. He's probably going to score 50 goals or close to it. You know, maybe he might get hundred points. Like he's got 40 points already. Like it is mind blowing how good he's been.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones that might fall into that category, but even like Panarin like what about Brady points deal.
1: last year of his deal? I'd have to look at that one before. But even him, it might have not been it might have already got to six. So yeah, well, it's I nuts. can tell you. Um 1.4.
3: <gasps> yeah, he went entry level to then so the last year of his entry level deal was 92 points. Uh, Which, yeah, by okay. the way, he hasn't gotten back close to that level yet. Yeah. Um, and then he went to six seven five for three years before signing this extension last summer uh, that brought him to nine five.
1: Yeah. So no, it is, you know, Sabres fans, they should be excited. Uh, you know, hopefully eventually like they're into their second decade of darkness. They're just not one. Cause this will be what, I think it's 12 years if, when they miss the playoffs this year. So that is, that's painful, but at least they'll have uh Tage Thompson to, uh, to look forward to um, one team, Frank, uh, Hey, I give him credit the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot of us were wondering what would happen with all their injuries, goaltending defense. Man, Matt Murray's playing lights out. Sam Snob's playing lights out. They They absolutely schnockered the Kings tonight. Yeah. Like they dominated that game. So
3: I I mean, uh, I just what's up with the Kings. Like I know they won in Ottawa and looked actually pretty good doing it. They had a good start to the game, but they're all over the place.
1: Yeah. They're not, they can't find much consistency in their game. Right. Um, you know, tonight you can't really blame the goaltender. They gave up 41 shots. So um, I, the, you know, the Kings last year were, were a pretty big surprise, you know, with all the injuries, they don't have the injuries this year on the back end, but they haven't found the consistency. I almost think Frank that last year they almost playing scared might be incorrect, but they, they, they galvanize themselves a little bit like, okay, everybody's out here. We all have to step up and now they're healthy and maybe they don't have that same fear in the back of their mind. I wonder if that's it. They still make the playoffs, right? Well, look at Seattle. Like people think like Edmonton's, you know, they've lost Edmonton's two in a row. A row now Playoff so team, basically the flame, look at the Vancouver Canucks. They're still in it. So like, I, I still think the the Vancouver Flames- Canucks are
3: kidding themselves if they think that they're still in it. I know they're seven and three in their last 10. I know they've won three in a row. I've watched all their games. They finally have crawled back to level ground at 500. Yeah. Not a playoff team and do not convince yourself or even try to work yourself into that direction. That team needs an overhaul.
1: Well, yeah. Like they're winning games in in fashion. That's, that's not six, five, five, four
3: in OT, they have a minus nine goal differential. They have a losing record on home ice. Like what to, to even twist yourself into a mental pretzel and think that this year is a possible playoff year is to fall into every pitfall that the Canucks have fallen into over the last decade
1: since they were really good. That's fair. What about the blues? What you make of the St. Louis Blues, Frank? And, you know, Tarasenko and O'Reilly are petting UFAs. I know Tarasenko's as good as gone, but what about Ryan O'Reilly? What What do you think Doug Armstrong is going to do if the Blues? You know, like after they lost all the, they lost eight, but then they won seven. We're like, okay, the Blues are coming back, but now they've gone in another tailspin. Like they. They just have not been consistent. They've been the most inconsistent team by far this year, and I'm not like
3: you could actually make the argument they're the most
1: consistently inconsistent
3: team (laughs) because they only know streaks of winning or losing. Yeah, it's crazy, but I just wonder like
2: they got. I think you have to entertain.
3: I think you have to entertain trading Ryan O'Reilly. Really? He he's thirty-one. Okay, he turns thirty-two on Feb. Seven. That means the first year of his new deal, he will turn 33. And I've been a big proponent of Ryan O'Reilly as someone that does things just a little bit different. I was telling you before, watch some of the training videos that his dad puts out there. They're fascinating. It's almost like yoga on balance boards, but with hockey sticks. And I'm like, maybe this is a guy, a Zen master that could continue playing well deep into his career. And he very well may but if I'm the blues and I've already begun to turn it over and I look back at Doug Armstrong's playbook, he's at almost every opportunity when his team has been bad, he has punted and sold off the pieces that he's had, even when they've been knocking on the door close to the mix, because he knows that's a year that they're not going to win the cup. And he's allowed to sort of recycle and reboot this team it's it's actually been kind of amazing
1: No, it's true well they you know they got their future in kairu and thomas no question about it like ryan o'reilly like here like look at patrice bergeron's age so even if you sign o'reilly to four years like are, are you that concerned about him like i think he could age okay but why would ryan o'reilly take
3: four years someone would give him more i bet someone somewhere is going to give him six probably okay you could be five right. or six yeah, you're probably right. That like if if you're if you're Ryan O'Reilly, aren't you just gonna
1: go to market then? Yeah, like I always wonder about guys, and do you like I, like I get the allure of the money, Frank? But I wonder, you know, when you've made his like Ryan O'Reilly's made a lot of money. He doesn't $76 you know, million. Dollars. Yeah, he'll be fine. So you could say, Yeah, I want six years, I want security, but why not sign a two-year deal with teams and then you know what? go somewhere else for two years. Now, maybe you don't want to move your family. So that's probably valid, but I, I look at saying, Hey, I want to control to see that this team is still going to be competitive. Cause you lock in for a six year deal on lots of teams. You don't really know. Like you have no idea. Like look at Seth Jones. Seth Jones is like, yeah, I'm making a lot of money, but I am locked into crap for the next remainder of my deal.
3: So uh, I'm just looking back to some of Doug Armstrong's history. And 2017, they were out of the mix, and they ended up actually making it anyway after they traded off Kevin Shattenkirk. They got Zach Sanford, who was a player for them for a bit. The 2017 first-round pick, which ended up being Morgan Frost, who struggled to make it with the Flyers. And 2019 second round pick. Who ended up being Brett Leeson. And he is now back in the NHL. They also traded away Ryan Reeves and a second and got a 2017 first and Oscar Sundquist. That first ended up being Cleem Kostin. But then you go 2018, a year when they missed the playoffs by one point and they traded. Paul Stasny, yeah. one of the heartbeat players of their team for Eric Foley, a 2018 first and a 2024th. That first ended up becoming Rasmus Sandin. They did pretty damn well. And basically what they did with those picks, because none of them ended up being used by the blues, they ended up packaging them and trading them for something else. So they took those picks that they got and traded two first-round picks to the Flyers for Braden Shen. Then they took the picks from the Stastny deal, and they traded those for Ryan O'Reilly. So basically, instead of just taking the picks and saying, we're going to draft and five years down the line, we're going to put those pieces in our lineup, they said, well, we'll just keep the pick that we currently already own, maybe use that, and take the extra pick that we get and trade it for help right now. Yeah. And he did those in the summer. And those two pieces, O'Reilly and Shen, were such big parts of their 2019 Stanley Cup win. O'Reilly, of course, winning the Selkie and the Consmite that year. So that's the Doug Armstrong playbook and blueprint. And I think with all that considered, you have to think that he's going to trade
1: Ryan O'Reilly instead of re-signing him. Well, that makes sense, and then use those picks and you know maybe move someone else in the summertime. Yeah, I could see it. T- O'Reilly's been better, by the way. Like, oh he's, no, he's been fine. I have no figured with- it
3: out a little bit. Playing, I think it was Josh Levo that was on his line that really helped get it together. But if you look at O'Reilly's last sixteen games, he's got eight goals and twelve points. So not quite up at the 77 point level that he, he might be used to, but you got to think that some playoff contender is drooling to add a piece like Ryan O'Reilly. Oh,
1: are you kidding me? Yeah, I I would think so. Right. Um, Obviously the the cap hit with so many teams close against the cap. You're going to have to, you're going to have to massage some trades for sure. And, you know, send somebody back back
3: to Colorado. (sighs) Oh, Colorado. oof.
1: Those they injuries, would want him. Man. How
3: they much? Would- how much do you think ABS fans were barfing in their throats when they saw Miko ranting and leave the bench the other night?
1: Oh my goodness, their injuries is crazy. Like, you you look at like Colorado, like when they get healthy, they're still dominant, Frank, but those injuries mount up. Like, they're already eight points back of the Jets and Dallas now. And, you know, they, the next month here, I don't see how they're going to, you know, gain that ground. The Jets are great. They're, they're playing very well. Dallas is, it looks pretty consistent. So, you know, Colorado's easily, I still think, is a playoff team, but they might have to start on the road. And that doesn't mean that you can't win, but it's just their injuries are mounting. And what about Vegas? Right? Never fazed I never phased the Tampa Bay Lightning to
3: start on the road. Yeah, you think they true. waste any time, think, sleep, uh, any no. sleep about, hey, wonder where we finish in the standings. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Well, here's the difference, though, Frank. Yeah. Vasilevsky or a guy who's never won a playoff game. I think there's a difference in goaltending when you're starting on the road.
3: Yeah, there is. But I also think when healthy, there is no team in, in the West that's as deep as Colorado.
1: When healthy, yeah. That's fair. Name wise. Uh, I I can't. Nope. Yeah, no, I can't either. Vegas defense is not nearly as good in Vegas. Yeah. Well, here's two things. No, I'm not saying they're deep. I'm saying Vegas, Vegas had if you look at strength of schedule early, Frank, and who they played, Vegas had the—they had something like 14 of their first 22 games against the bottom 10 teams in the league this year. And now they got Petrangelo out in definitely for a personal family reason, and we really hope that everything works out with his family. Jack Eichel's banged up. They got a few other ones. Like they definitely banked a lot of points. But you look at Vegas—they're a team now that is ripe with their schedule getting a lot dif- more difficult. They are ripe here. I believe, to, to allow those other teams, Seattle, Edmonton, if any of them can catch fire, they could easily close that gap.
2: Hmm.
3: Uh, it's a lot of ground for, for Edmonton and Calgary to to close up. Uh, it's eminently doable, but that's why I, that's how we got down this rabbit hole. I asked you, does LA make the playoffs?
1: And you didn't give me an answer. I still think they will. Cause I'm still, I'm still sorry, Seattle fans. I'm not sold hundred percent on the Kraken. And uh, I think that uh, Edmonton and Calgary will be in. Um, I'm not that sold on Vancouver. So, and the other thing is like right now they're the central isn't dominant. So I don't, I don't believe a crossover is going to happen. So
3: I ate a healthy dose of crow when it came to talking about Tage Thompson, but I wanted to revisit your preseason pick with the Canucks. Why did you think they were going to be so good? Why were you so convinced that they were going to be way better?
1: Well, because, well, I thought that if you looked at how they played under Bruce Boudreau last year, I thought their best players sucked for the first two and a half months. Um, Demko, I like Demko a lot, but uh, he's banged up and now he's injured. Um, and I didn't, I thought they could be good enough to, to, I, well, I didn't think of, I didn't, I think I picked them to be the wild card team, right? Number eight. I didn't pick them higher than Edmonton, Calgary, or Vegas. No, No, but you
3: said sure playoff
1: team. I think is. I had them as a playoff team. Yeah, I just thought they'd be better. They've had. I didn't think that they could possibly be worse defensively, and I was grossly wrong. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) there's only
3: two teams in the entire West that have given up more goals than the Canucks, and it's the Sharks and the Ducks, and it's close. Oh, like they've given up. Almost twenty more goals than the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Oh, I've watched the fifteen more than the Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, the the Canucks, Frank. The one thing they are is when you watch their games, there's a lot of goals, so uh, there's excitement there. But you're right, like their their inability, and it, and it's mind blowing to me how bad they've been defensively. Like it's it's almost like they got guys who either hate the structure or have just forgotten how to play defense
3: but it's mind blowing to me how they could now twist themselves into this pretzel thinking that they need to re-sign Bo Horvat or else.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This
3: is the same thing a team like the Sharks kept convincing themselves of. It's like, we can't let these guys go. They're really good players. No, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. This is, this is where the Canucks are at this moment of time with Bo Horvat having scored 20 goals this year.
1: Well, here's the problem for Vancouver, Frank. They're in what I like to call NHL purgatory. They're not good enough to compete and they're not bad enough to compete for the lottery. So you kind of get stuck in that drafting 10, it's 11, no 12, plan. and maybe you can hit a home run, but usually you don't. And then you just, you flounder there for a long time. And that's, that's where they're at.
3: It's the worst place
1: to be. It's oh, no man's I, land.
3: And there's a number of teams in the same category, the Flyers in the East. Same well, exact think, situation.
1: Yeah. I think Philly might be worse though. They, they might be able to go to go down uh, a little bit.
3: They might, yeah. but the problem is they hired a coach that doesn't believe in that. Like, that's another reason why I I was saying I think John Tortorella is the absolute worst hire for this team at this time, at this juncture and where they are with their cycle, competitive cycle. They're just they're still going to finish with like 78 points, 79 points, and and they're basically just going to bleep
1: themselves into oblivion. I look at, well, Philly, but there's a few other teams. You know, Columbus seems to that kind of they've accepted their they fate. They get it. <laughs> like, but th- theirs is based a little bit on injury. Frank has, trust me, when they signed Johnny Gaudreau, they didn't sign Johnny Gaudreau to be this bad. Let's be honest, right? Like, the, And I don't think anybody in Columbus thought Elvis Merce Leakins would essentially have the worst statistics of any starting goaltender in the league. Arguably the worst tickets of any goaltender ever in the NHL ever. Yeah, like like, we're
3: talking like the last like like since Wayne Gretzky looked like a baby face. Yeah, like I really 852 save percentage.
1: How? And wow. How we had data on, and I I think he brought up the good point, man. I I think yeah, Aaron Forsline. You mean. Yeah, Sorry, Aaron line Yeah. Death of a friend can, can impact you. And sometimes it just takes you a while to get out of it. And then the rut digs deeper because he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, but you know, so they're, they're kind of lucky in the sense that, you know, they get some serious injuries cause I'm a firm believer but, that but it didn't
3: impact him last year though. That's what I don't quite understand. He had a nine Oh seven last
1: year. Yeah, no. And that's fair. So maybe that's not it, but who knows? Sorry. It's an
3: 856. I I was cutting him a little short. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So I honestly like they kind of get lucky. Like you look at certain teams when you get the right injuries at the right time, like Arizona didn't plan to be good, but their players, like they try hard, like they battle hard. They're just not that skilled and their goaltenders really good. He keeps them in some games. Veggie. He's got the best.
3: Be. I think he's got the second best nickname in the league after Derek New Zealand, Carol
1: Vejmelka. veggie. <laughs> veggie yeah but you know what he's good and he he keeps them they're probably like dude let a few more goals in but you can't do that because you players aren't wired to lose on purpose right like sure like every time the game starts they're ready to go now some teams you get down two or three nothing and okay yeah, maybe tonight's not a night that happens but usually you need honestly to be that bad frank you need some some luck in the key injury department to ensure that you stay bad and that's what Columbus has gotten right now.
3: Hmm. Columbus gets it though. Yeah, they're not running. They have like, accepted their fate. They're not going to be running up a white flag every night. They're still going to try Yeah, fair, but they're not going to try and make moves to save this team. They realize this is an exceptional draft class. And hey, what the heck? Like, our season's already gone. Let's not try and chase. Let's not try and throw good after bad here. No. Hey, let's Other teams have not accepted that, though. I'm telling you, the Canucks are not
1: there. Well, the problem is with the Canucks, they have enough good players that they can compete at at right in our purgatory stage, like they'd have to get rid of some players if they really want to tank. And if they really want to lose, because I think they've got enough good players, as you said, to be a 78 to 82, 84 point team. I
3: think they can find one in Bo Horvat that is eminently tradable. They can solve a lot of that.
1: There'd be a lot of guys. I think there's a lot of teams that are interested in, in him. And then, you know, like I'm not sure about Garland or Myers or even, you know, how much interest would be in Brock Besser, but Horvat for sure. Imagine if Horvat O'Reilly and Taves are all dealt at the deadline. Those are some pretty solid centers to bolster a team. I would say there is better
3: than an 80% chance that all three are dealt.
1: I like it.
0: Ty, how are you? Good. <clears throat> Frank, that would have been a good buyer or sell or fill in the blank question. Percent chance that all three of those are gone. So I am going to steal it. You said 80. Jay, what do you say? Well, I'll go the opposite of prices right here, and I'll go about 72 70 You should have said 79 gone full-on prices, right? Uh, fill in the blank, as always, brought to you by our friends at DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25, get yourself 25% off, and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. Ding dong. Shout out to our guy, Liam. Uh, this first fill-in-the-blank question actually ties into that a little bit. You talked about the Avalanche, their injury problems. They might be in the market for a big-name forward, so how about this? The ideal trade deadline target for the Avs would be blank. Frank,
3: Jonathan Taves—that's the guy. Mark it down, write not- it down, circle it, underline it, put it in a box. Whatever you need to do, tweet it out. Not O'Reilly makes, makes perfect sense. Okay, now O'Reilly's already been there before and has history with that team. Okay, I don't know that. I don't. I think Joe Sakik was still there, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm. He would have been the one who dealt them.
1: It, it could have been Greg Sherman. I, I I'd have to oh, know. Yeah, I, I think it would know because o, O'Reilly and Tage Thompson was 18. So, um, I, I'm pretty that, sure. Sure.
3: That was, that was from Buffalo though. O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly and the offer sheet that went back to Denver is a long time ago. Yeah.
1: That was before Sackett is what I'm saying. I think, uh,
3: he left, uh, he left after they failed to make the playoffs.
0: He was traded
3: to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Zadaroff, Grigorenko, JT Comfer, and the 31st pick. Mm.
1: No. (sighs) I'm going to say Bo Horvat is the ideal trade target for Colorado. I'll tell you why he isn't. Okay.
3: Unless they're purely looking at him as a rental. I bet if Taves was that... If he's really serious about trying to win, he's they made reset. more than a hundred million dollars. He's one of those guys that could play for cheap and fit in their cap for a number of years. Bo Horvat, He's needs a giant contract, like, and he's going to get it. And I just can't envision that team with assets being scarce as they are for the future really ponying up to get a guy that they might not be able to resign.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. This one just but he'd popped. still be the best choice. Yeah, if they he, get. he might be the most impactful. I agree with you on that, Jay. Um, this one popped into my head the other day when I, I just saw a thread on Twitter about guys who need new contracts. Cole Caulfield is a pending RFA. He's got 15 goals on the season. Here's the scenario I'm putting you in. If the Habs go long-term with Cole Caulfield, his AAV will start with blank, Jason. Well,
1: I look at teams, and I think the smart team sometimes will look and say, "Okay, so Nick Suzuki's our captain, and and Nick Suzuki is what, like seven, eight, seven, seven, something like that." Yeah. I'm so Caulfield could probably go slightly higher. I'll say his stars with an eight, but I don't think it's going to be massively more than Suzuki, and I wouldn't be stunned if it was the same as Suzuki. But I'll say I'm going to say eight, which is you know 125 grand more. So I'll say eight, All right?
3: Read me the question again. I was, I was, I blacked out and I was thinking, was Joe Sackick the GM? And it turns out he was when Ryan O'Reilly was created. I, I
0: knew it because I remember thinking back then, I was like, oh man, Joe Sackick is being really stubborn about this. Anyways, if the Habs go long term with Cole Caulfield, his AAV will start with blank. Ooh. Juicy, I know. Hmm. I
3: will say yeah, it's, I mean, it's gotta be near the Suzuki deal. Doesn't it probably Suzuki got eight years, 63 million. So just a shade under eight.
0: Yep. Seven, some
3: 7.875 is goals said. are always paid a little like eight times, eight 64, like somewhere in that neighborhood.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think eight's probably the right number. Here's a little bonus one for you. It's not a fill in the blank. If they're both long-term deals, who gets more, Caulfield or Zgris?
2: That
3: Zegers does a lot of really good things, and it's not just the creativity.
0: But Caulfield scores a bunch of goals. That's a good, like, you're sitting around with your buddies this weekend and you want a good hockey debate. Caulfield or Zegers? Both RFAs. I think Zegers is
3: the more complete player, but goals are hard to find. Yeah. I think coffee. This might be the best question you've ever asked. Yeah.
1: I I,
3: I'm going (laughs) with. That sounds like me slagging you, by the way. But I'm 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 actually like giving you hard. It's a really good question.
1: I'm, I'm still going to say
0: Caulfield. There's because always goals, a premium
3: on goals, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, there's always a premium on goals. All right. Uh, the third question I got for you, we're circling back to the playoff races from this year and two teams that I think a lot of us thought would be contending for divisions, not just fighting for a playoff spot, Rangers and Panthers, which team is more blank is more in danger of missing the playoffs. Rangers or Panthers, Frank.
3: Um, wow this is another good one i would say panthers
0: my thinking was that shesterkin could get hot or has a better chance of getting hot and dragging the rangers in versus the panthers duo that's why I my answer would be the rangers
3: yeah i could also just see the rangers season spiraling for some reason and I don't know that Florida's is ever really going to be that far out of it.
0: Mm. Does that make any sense? So you're saying the Rangers are more in danger. Um, I think I am. Yes. Jay.
1: I actually think both make the playoffs, but if I had to pick one who's more in danger, I'd actually pick the Rangers, even though I just want to say Ranger fans don't freak out. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but, you know, New Jersey is really good. I just, I don't know why, but I don't the think both, they're both locks. I really yeah. don't. Would you are put the Rangers,
0: them both at 50% though, Jay? Are they, are they below 50? I said, would you put them both at above 50% chance of making the playoffs? Still? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's, too.
1: like I'm still like the Islanders. I'm still not 100 percent sold that they can score like they have been all year long. Um, I like, you know, I like Sorokin, but you know Pittsburgh, they're, I don't know Pittsburgh. All, keeps playing the way he is. Yeah, no they're hot again, right? They're hot again, and Latang just practice, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Good for him, but I don't know. Like you know, Detroit—they're hanging around. But
3: let's just count. Let's count the locks. Like this is the easiest way to do it. So I'm going to say the locks are New Jersey, Carolina, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. That's five. That leaves three spots for Florida, Detroit, Pittsburgh,
1: Islanders, Rangers. Yes. Yeah. So two of them are going to miss, and. You know, if I was still a betting man, I
3: I'm betting on Pittsburgh as getting one of those 3. Mm-hmm. I'm betting on I'd say don't sleep on Detroit. I really I I think Detroit is going to get better as this year goes along, not worse.
0: Yeah. I I think the 6 teams that currently hold divisional spots, Devils, Canes, Pens, Bruins, Leafs, Lightning, they're locked. I think it's just simply it's a wild card race for me at this point. So the Islanders, the Rangers, Detroit, and Florida. Yeah, I think those are the four fighting for two spots. Which yeah. man, wouldn't that be something if we had like fifteen games left in the year and these four teams were all within like two points of each other? It'd be awesome. Well, I,
3: yeah, I, I think it's a left. very strong likelihood that that's the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be close. None of them are locks, but I still, I still put the Rangers, you know, and the wild card, man. Like that guy could easily find his game and then he just, he wins six games. On what his about
3: own. Sorokin? You're sleeping. That means you're, yeah, but they I don't, don't have even the I think offense. it's about scoring. I think yeah. that Sorokin can single handedly carry the Islanders in.
1: Well, I do like him too. Don't get so me So if you've got
3: the it. Pens and yeah. Islanders, That essentially leaves one spot for the Rangers and Florida and Detroit.
1: Yeah, I don't have the Islanders as a lock, so that's a good question.
3: God damn it, Tyler, you earned your paycheck this week. You got to do these at night
0: more often. Yeah, you know, to give Tyler
3: the time to think about it.
0: <laughs> Not spending as much night time when with Amber. Three beers and I'm really just dialed in with the hockey content. <laughs> There's the key to victory. Uh, let's wrap this up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question. Points Bet Canada, as always throughout the year, it's my favorite thing. They're always tracking the awards for the year. I've asked you guys about the heart and the Jack Adams and the Vesna. Today we are dialing it into the Norris. Kale McCarr is running away with this thing. He is plus 120. No one else is even closer than six to one. But if you had to pick two and three behind Kale McCarr in the Norris trophy race, who would be your two and three right now, Jason? Um
1: well, here's the challenge. Now, you can you can win the Norris and not make the playoffs, right? That mm-hmm. that's that it's rare, but it can happen. I'm going to say, say it's say, very unlikely for that to happen. Yeah, but I'm still going to say because I think he's going to get traded. He'll get traded to a playoff team. Nope. So I have Eric Carlson. Nope. <laughs> and then my uh my wild card is uh and I don't know, but Rasmus Dahlin is having an unreal year in Buffalo, man. I think he may, he's going to be a finalist. Won't win, but it'll be a final. Josh
3: Norrisy has won.
1: Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm.
3: And Adam Fox has been so good this year. He's back in the Norris conversation.
1: Oh yeah, those guys are all legit. No and question.
3: I would say one guy really to keep an eye on too that hasn't got nearly as much love is Miro Haskin and is having his best offensive season. Yep. And for a guy that defends like nobody's business, he should be in the Norris race. If he hits anything close to 60 or 65 points,
1: like if Carlson gets traded to a playoff team, guys, he's right in the mix.
3: I, I, you know
1: how Tyler said
3: he would eat cat food if Eric, if, uh, the Bruins win the division, is that
1: what he said?
0: Yeah, that is what yeah. I said. Okay. It's looking
1: good. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> meow next. Uh, <laughs> you,
3: you need to cut that up and make that a, a, a button for us to hit. Just, <laughs>
0: that was so just good.
3: chasing meow, meow, meowing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to, like, I will eat a shoe if Eric Carlson gets traded. I'm trying to think of something absolutely ridiculous that I could say. You think it's that unlikely? I, I, I honestly, I do. Right. I, I only believe that there's one team that it possibly makes sense for. And I do not think that for all this talk about, oh, all the interested parties, uh, how much interest Eric Carlson has generated. I don't think the San Jose sharks have engaged in any substantive conversation with any team other than potentially the Ottawa senators. And even then the sends are like, eh, I don't think so. So and here's they're my the question. only team that makes any sense for me.
1: So hypothetical, if Eric Carlson was a free agent this summer and you and he agreed to sign a four year deal for six and a half million dollars. Do you think teams would be interested? You can't, That that's, that's not a hypothetical that you can well, even ask. It makes sense. Because I think if, if you're going to trade him, like obviously you're going to have to give up some assets, but San Jose is going to eat some salary. They don't want to eat salary. Yeah. That's well, then, okay. Well then they won't trade him. If yeah. they don't want to eat salary, you're right. They're not trading. Hmm.
3: They they would much prefer not to because they don't want to be stuck with that eating up one of their dead cap not just dead cap but also their retain you only get three retained salary transactions this is a thing that no one's talked about they've already used one on brent burns and that has three more years on it eric carlson has four so then you're down to one retained transaction on a team that now needs to enter a full-fledged rebuild yeah it's problematic it is yeah no that's fair and they want to get something for him. I, I, I threw this at at Tyler and the Owen everyday crew the other day that still blew everyone's mind. If there was a situation, it was a who says no. And it was Oilers get Eric Carlson at half 50% retained and the San Jose Sharks take on. Yes. It Yarby who says no. My answer is still the Oilers.
1: The Oilers, (laughs) look at Jay's face. The Oilers still say no. Frank, when I get Eric Carlson, four years at five and a half. Dude, I'm taking that all day long. Cause then I'm going to trade Tyson Berry who's got a good value contract and I'm going to get something. Yes. I'll pull your army. Well, first of all, he couldn't do it because Edmonton would have to give They'd have to get rid of another two and a half million in the deal because they don't even have the cap space, but okay, um, you, you send Warren Fogle somewhere like, okay. like No, no, actually they need some depth for it. I don't, I don't mind. Fogle he's, he's okay. Like he's not great, but he's fine. Um, honestly, I, if they did that trade straight up, no, no problem.
0: I think would be Edmonton, would in in Edmonton. Edmonton.
1: I don't think they would say yes interesting
0: when you said that frank like you were on with jay and i like our jay down no there, one could speak i that. thought
1: your mics were muted
3: like yeah. it was yeah. like
1: straight up silence yeah. i don't see why they would say no to that it doesn't make sense. You, you you could trade another asset easily tyson berry has
0: value for sure there are people who think pool such a zero you have to attach something to move them I th- well i think you do now uh.
1: So he has not pissed a drop this season. No. no, he he's a player at the deadline that when a teammate, if, if the orders are looking to tr- acquire a player and they don't have any cap space. So as a $3 million cap, it's okay. We need this guy back. You know, three mil. We'll give you that guy because his contract expires and and no one's qualifying him. Now that doesn't mean that yes, you play you can't play in the league. I want to make that abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. He's having a, a terrible streak. We've had lots of guys have terrible streaks. He's going to do what lots of other guys did. He's going to not get qualified. He's going to then sign for a million dollars, maybe 1.1 1. 1 on a one year deal, maybe even less. And like, look at Sam Steele. Sam Steele had to wait how long, right? But and the uh, Oilers should have not qualified him last summer. Yeah. Well, he, it was hard not to do that, you know, because the qualifying was 1.1. 1. 1, he had 36 points. And just like uh, the Carolina Hurricanes should not have qualified Ethan Bear. They yeah. Well, getting they, what, a fifth what did they for? get? Yeah. But they traded Ethan Bear. For I don't even remember what they got, but they got something—a
3: bag of pucks. Like what? Like, what did they get? A fifth rounder? It was a fifth round. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but it cleared out some cap space and the way they went, and they could have cleared it out anyway. You're right. Yeah. But so
3: then the answer uh, that the Hurricanes would probably give you is, "Wouldn't we just qualify someone in exchange for a fifth round pick every time?" And I guess if that's the corner that you want to back yourself into, but now the Oilers have backed themselves into a corner with Puliarvi, a guy that they.
1: But let's I, be real here. I don't think anybody thought Poliarvi would be this lethargic offensively.
3: He brings n- this much. Nothing.
1: Nothing. Oh, dude. Right now he doesn't. I totally agree. But
0: he was never this bad last year. At this time last year, he was almost a point of game.
3: But where are the, the defenders are still here? Like the Pliarvi truthers. Oh, they're like, oh, hey.
1: they're like yeah, flat what, earthers. They are. Hey, that, <laughs> that, to me, they're those are the people that are they're delusional in their evaluation, but they always have been, they were the people that said, Frank, he makes McDavid better. Look at McDavid's uh, what, and I'm like, are you, what game do you watch if you can ever convince yourself that yes, a Pugliarvi made Connor McDavid better. I'm sorry. I don't care what stat you want to use. It's wrong. And it's been proven wrong.
0: All right, flat earthers,
1: they're flat earthers.
0: <laughs> we are going to wrap up this wildly entertaining edition of Fill in the Blank delivered by DoorDash, and uh, just by giving you the points by Canada Norris Trophy odds, you got Macar at plus one twenty. Carlson is the runner up at plus seven hundred, and then it's Fox and Dalene at plus eight hundred. Heyskinen rounds out the top five at plus sixteen hundred. And yes, don't worry if you want to bet on Dame
2: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: And Severson, they have him listed at 5,000 to one. Maybe Damon Severson wins it. That's a wrap. It's
3: actually Damon Severson, but that was the best, the best fill in the blank you've ever done. All right. All right. Thank you guys. I'm out (laughs) of
1: here. Frank. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy.
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at ByHeart.com.
3: Hiding James. Yeah, I didn't know he was there. So I guess Oh, who knows what's going to happen in this household tomorrow? Hey,
1: buddy, did they, the elves, they see and they know all. Be good. Be good. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Have a good weekend. <laughs>